0: We have the episode one of the group. Um what are we gonna call this podcast? Something maybe something about a
1: round table since we're oh, sitting yeah, in a Yeah, yeah. the
0: the uh, the idiots round table.
2: <laughs>
0: idiot's guide to <laughs> investing. Idiot's guide to the investing and in in the economy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll figure out a, a name for it. Um so I'm joined by Jess Morgan. We did the intro show two days ago. Um and also Damon Bingman of the Bingman Farm, Harvest of Hate. Hey now, so we're gonna have his hateful view of the economy and the markets. Good hate, to be hate, back. Hate hate, so, hate, t- hate, hate, hate. Today is October fourteenth. uh It is currently eleven fifty-two a.m. and we are looking. The dollar is at ninety-five twenty-three. What's the What's the Dow at? Well,
1: we don't talk about the Dow on, on a real trading podcast. Oh, I'm here. sorry. The S and P is, is the uh, <laughs> the one that any true person knowledgeable in the markets would be talking about. Not to be denigrating.
0: So, and it's it is <laughs> 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 it is it is at uh, well, it's the same as it was the other night, right? Because the market yeah, markets haven't markets open
1: or futures open at uh, six p.m. on Sunday night. And what
0: is so? It's it's the same. It's at twenty seven. Uh, Sixty-five point one, and um, it's, about, it dropped. It dropped about fifteen percent in the past week. What about Bitcoin? Bitcoin is
1: on. currently at twenty-two thirty-two. It's been right about. I mean, it's been between six thousand and eight thousand for several months now. It's coiling into some sort of um, large impulse move in one direction or the other over the next probably a couple months. I would assume. Yeah. So we'll you think I, it's going to go back up or I back would, down. I would lean down in the uh, near to medium term, but I'm still a Bitcoin bull long term. Mm-hmm.
0: Damon.
2: So, Jess, did you just make a prediction that we're going to have an impulse move down? Within, yes. Within how many months? Probably before the end of the year.
1: Wrong. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, I, I feel like I feel like uh, bet, bet, it, prediction bets might be part of this podcast. I think so too.
0: We could have the dollar prediction bet. Well, yeah, we've already seen that. Do your dollar pretty, bet? Jess is
2: pretty damn confident about uh, his prediction. No, I, I was saying Jess is wrong. Uh, I, I was just merely pointing out that it's very hard to get timing right on big moves. And um, I, I am a Bitcoin bull with Jess. Well, and, make a uh, bet if that's the way you feel. <laughs> well, what's, what's your time bet.
1: frame? What's our percent move? What's, uh, what are we talking about here? No,
2: I mean, I don't even know where to begin on that. Um, <laughs> uh, why, why, why did you say by the end of the year? Just because of the technicals here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think we can stay in this tight of a range for very much longer without some sort of break. Um, the Bollinger Bands are super tight right now. There's just hasn't been any volatility, but we're still um in downward momentum we still have not very much strength in the market um pressure has still been in the downward direction so until we we change the um the trend then i'm i'm still going to have to stay bearish but i would say that a a pain trade i don't know if you're familiar with the concept of a max the max pain trade this is something in all markets really it's just the idea that the market will extract its amount of blood from every participant so it will um, if there's too many people that are bearish, it will probably bounce a little bit and, and squeeze some bears out. So, um, the, if the max pain trade could be back up to you know eight thousand or so to uh, kind of get people guessing again, because the, the the market is c- a consensus of sentiment is is pretty bearish at the moment, I would say. Oh. <laughs>
2: Sentiment, something, Excuse me. Sorry.
1: C- sentiment is something I also pay a lot of attention to, market narratives, what, what people are saying in the Twitter sphere, that sort of thing.
2: All right. Let me make sure I, I, I heard you correctly. You're, um, there, there's massive bearish sentiment in Bitcoin. Correct. Uh, so you're predicting, um, so, so the pain is they're the, going to pop it up. Right. Okay. Before the end of the year. That, that could, That's one possibility, but I put that as
1: a lower possibility than a continued down move probably into the... Upper four thousand, mid four thousand range. This is my my first green oh, line I hope on the you're chart. Here. Right,
2: I hope you're right because uh, this I is my first more. major support. It would be in the mid four thousands from a, a if it breaks below about 5,800. 5, and you, uh, uh, um, but we get to learn each other's language. you uh, the the black triangle. You call it a downward wedge. That would be a downward wedge. Okay. I put it. There's
1: there's that's just one reading of it. The other reading would be that it would be a uh, down, um, uh, downward triangle. If you could draw, draw just a straight line down here. Here's
0: something we may want to do. Oh yes, in no, the I, future, I, I, I don't yeah. know if you're down for this, Jess. It's probably some simple software. Sure. If you record video of what you're doing on your computer, I could probably sync it up with audio. Yeah. So then, when we're looking at charts, we could put it on BitTube. Sure. Um, and I think that would actually be a move. To make sure so this is and this is something that we came up with we meet usually sundays for brunch it was kind of the hodgepodge uh sparked from mixed mental arts group which then the i met jess through the uh through the school sucks group and then we picked up alex bell as well and then damon i started inviting out because there was enough overlap with damon and he's like yes i always want a intellectual conversation that's the way damon talks (laughs) uh, i'm very
2: i'm very thankful for that impression of me it it, it reminds me of brandon's impression
0: of drew sample which goes i am drew sample (laughs) so anyway so we're we're, going to be talking about some charts today and if you want you know we will have links for the charts that we're looking at you can look at
1: we wanted to start each of our talks with just
0: our current
1: update of where we think the certain major markets are at. So that's all this was. Um, we'll put some of these charts up on uh, LinkedIn Drew's um, page for the show notes.
2: Absolutely. Uh, before we go any further, uh, I uh, um, the downward triangle that Jess put on the screen, yeah. which the audience cannot see, I can see very clearly. I agree completely yeah. with Jess's analysis. It's just two different r- possible so, readings of So this. you no longer want to make a dollar bet. I never wanted to make a dollar bet against uh, Jess. <laughs> it's <laughs> far too skilled. Uh, well, and... <clears throat> I mean, I've. Uh, it's been a good year. I mean, I mean, shortly after the CME uh, started trading Bitcoin contracts, it's right here. It all broke down, and I and I I am not confident anymore about my Bitcoin predictions at all, and have not been for about a year.
1: I don't. I but I think I emailed you this that I don't think. I mean, currently the volumes on the CME are um, significantly less than on the. Bi- contract which is the one we're looking at right now the bitmex perpetual inverse swap it's what people are trading at sometimes 100 times leverage on bitmex which is accounting for the most of the volume um trading wise so i don't think the cme futures contracts are manipulating the market downward like you know some people claimed i think that the timing of that was more of a um coincidence correlation not necessarily causation i mean you can see the this move from in the early late november early december of last year essentially right after thanksgiving for the first 2 weeks of december took us from 8000 to 20000 so that that move was partially correlated with the news about the futures but it was also people coming home from their thanks family thanksgiving with the freaking bitcoin mania happening and everybody was buying mm-hmm. for before christmas mm-hmm. and that caused that blow off top and i don't think the the, the downdraft after that and the subsequent bear market are because of the futures it's because we had a classic blow-off exponential top and
0: now we're just digesting it and it's going to take a little while is there any uh similar times in the in history that this has been similar jess like can, I mean, can you think of a similar event
1: everybody that's comparing it to all the other classic bubbles you know Nasdaq mm-hmm. South Sea tulip all, all of your classic bubbles
0: the tulip bubble in uh, holland but,
1: but I, I but unlike those i think there is um a future i, mean, I don't think people are people stopped trading tulips because it's a ridiculous thing to hold money in is tulips tulip bulbs but um bitcoin some people, some people might say it's ridiculous but i think there's inherent value in it so as long as enough people agree with me, then it will continue to hold
2: its value. Just I like agree. the dollar. I agree with Jess. There is inherent value there. So uh, distinct, distinct from the dollar, actually. Uh, sure. So yeah. should we move to the dollar? Sure. So moving to the dollar. And the dollar is
1: huge. Do- the dollar is probably, if there's one chart to be focusing on
0: and to know what's going on in the world right now, it's certainly be the dollar. So it is currently 1201. The dollar is at 95.23. And this is a market that takes weekends off as well, unlike crypto. Yeah, crypto is the only 24 7
2: market. Well, the, the, the retail market takes the weekend off. Yeah. The, the underlying
0: uh, FX ECN network is going 24 7 at all times. And now, what is that, Damon, if you wouldn't mind explaining for people? Because this is for the every everyday man. Okay,
2: so uh, so the New York Stock Exchange trades uh, in an actual building. It's a little market in one place. The uh, currency markets, the global currency markets, function on uh, what's called an ECN, an electronic communications network, which is uh, between servers amongst uh, all of the large international, multinational banks, and it goes 24-7 to uh, facilitate worldwide liquidity and, um, uh, yeah, so, so it's not in any one particular place. It's just kind of out there on these computer networks. Cool. Did I, didn't, I, I, did, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So and then. So wait a minute. He, wait a minute. Jess did not know. That. I didn't know, I didn't know he's about he's I it. didn't
1: know about the uh, weekend functioning of it. With oh, markets. but Jess,
0: you're not a currency trader. No, there. I've never traded yeah.
1: currencies. I follow them,
2: you know, hold coincidentally to my other on. trading
0: Jess as a trader. But he's. mean, there's
2: not, not, I mean, not going to be any suggestion otherwise, Drew. Well, I mean, he, meant, he meant, I think he meant currency specifically. <laughs> yeah, which currency I, which I, specifically. I'm not. Like. He's not a forex guy. I'm not
1: trading. You know, the yen and the you know the the, the South African rand and trying to trade the all. Well, that I'm kind not
2: stuff. trading
0: the South African rand either. <laughs> well, I that's, hope
2: Jess is a trader because he says some pretty intelligent stuff well, sometimes that I then go home and. <laughs> well, no, but let's get back to <laughs> it. Right. So,
0: Damon, what? So, what you do? Um and your goal like and the reason why you're coming on here is because you wanna you wanna start getting up at three a.m. again to start trading currencies.
2: Yeah, for the last uh, two to three, uh, at least the last two years, um, I have uh, been learning the currency markets. And uh, here in the last four months, I've had a lot of distractions, so I haven't been quite so into <laughs>
0: it. Uh, but uh, but but we're bringing the discipline back uh, because uh, I'm a nerd. So, we'll, well, talk about what you use, software, how you've learned just for the everyday man. Uh, uh, so if you if you want to be a cool trader like me,
2: uh, you can. Uh, I, I'm going through the Apiary Funds uh, learning program, which is at apiaryfunds.com. Tell them uh, Damon sent you uh, or contact me through is, this. Is there a referral link? Uh, I think there is. I'll find it if there is. All right. And we'll put it up. And then uh, I'm learning... Uh, primarily from ProactTraders.com. They're out of Austin, Texas, and they are... Uh, a great place to learn currency trading. Damon, what's Mm -hmm. been the importance of
1: paper trading to you in the beginning? We we were talking about this the other day when Drew was talking about wanting to get into it. And um, I was saying how he should just paper trade for a month or two to begin with, just to at least get the mechanics of trading down and figuring out how to manage a bankroll.
2: Paper trading is important because you're not losing real dollars. (laughs) And that's that's great. (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, I mean, my uh, mentor... Mm -hmm. uh, well, uh, Proact, uh, the main guy is Scott Barkley. But his partner, Jerry, uh, I believe, when he first started trading back in like the 90s, he opened an account with $80,000. Or no, f- excuse me, $50,000. Within a week, it was up $80,000. And he told his wife that they would be millionaires soon. And three weeks later, it was gone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah, like um, it, when you're learning the trading game, uh, like like one of the kind of... Uh, rules of thumb out there is that you're not a real trader until you've blown up an account. Yes. Um. So so blow up that paper account. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can I can
1: speak from experience that so yeah no I've I've had a couple accounts go to zero and that's helped me change my strategy to where it is right now where it's, I'm making very small trades trying to build up my trading discipline so I'm not just randomly making whatever trade pops into my head I'm I'm trying to manage each trade with um you know ways to manage my losses and um get my risk reward ratios and the, where they should be mm-hmm. before I move to larger amounts and it's important to be able to handle the emotions of the trade if you can if you can't handle the emotions of losing 20 or 30 bucks on a trade then you losing 100 or 200 300 on a trade at, with intraday where you want to be holding on to it longer term maybe um then then you're not going to be able to be trading, so I think I think getting accustomed to some of those ups and downs, intraday, intraweek, those sort of things are is very helpful. Yeah, human human emotion uh,
2: has to be managed and it's, minimized. It's the, the most important and, thing. Yeah, and the human ego wants to be right and not wrong. Like, yes. like I, I basically have taken a four month layoff. um You know, at at, uh, at the moment when uh my personal life started getting a little crazy um uh, uh was 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 at the perfect moment when the <laughs> when the dollar was beating up on me real good and, and this is
1: You're talking like in February or March of this year
2: uh no like in May okay um, and i had been trading just before it broke yeah i'd been trading pretty good <laughs> uh for you know the first four or five months of this year and it's all paper all paper mm. and then like suddenly there was like a two week period where i couldn't i couldn't make anything work and uh, I got pissed off and frustrated and then my personal life got busy and boom, like I blink and four months have gone by. You know?
0: hmm.
2: yeah. It, one of the um,
1: my favorite sayings that I came across recently when you're trading is you want to have strong opinions because you want to be con- convicted before you get into a trade so you don't p- hop in and out right away but you also want to hold them very loosely. So strong opinions loosely held is the idea because once it starts moving against you, you don't want to be so stubborn that you turn a 5 or 10% loss into a 50% loss. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's something to keep in the back of your mind. Always be considering the uh, arguments against why the market might move in the direction you think it's going to move.
2: Yeah and you 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 will be wrong sooner or later about something. Uh, often the market, often the market will spank you
1: successful traders over the long term generally aren't making much more than 60 percent of the correct directional bets they're just managing their trades properly so when they they hold their winners and let, let their winners run and cut their losers more quickly so they manage their losses and, and protect their gains
2: yeah, yeah. Trade trade management is important. Very few people get above that sixty percent success right,
1: rate. Right. Yeah, but you don't have to. You can be fifty five percent, and and if you're managing your trades properly, you can make a living doing it. I mean, that's that's professional gamblers are only doing fifty five to sixty percent correct guesses and or I guess I guesses, but
2: they don't have to be that. You only have to be that good to to make a living at it. Yeah, like the professional poker players that you see on TV, like they they maybe have like a half a percent edge right i mean i mean mean, that's all you need the thinnest of margins uh you know -hmm. on on live tv in front of the whole world and they somehow keep their egos in check and their emotions and they are frequently wrong and uh you'll see a lot of professional poker players that are good that dabble in the
1: markets and they did it's all kind of interrelated yeah yeah so any uh types of questions you want to be answered drew that might help Clarify anything we just said that you don't understand?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh I think it was basically we I, I think you guys did a good job. You want to hammer on paper? Uh I thought you guys did a good job of discussing checking your emotions, getting your emotions in key. Um what if people wanted to read books or something like that, what do you guys recommend so to get started to maybe get a better understanding of market flow and stuff like that? Damn you when I of- Say anything about books? Um, okay,
2: yeah, <laughs> that's a great question, actually. <laughs> so I uh, have a bachelor's in economics, and um, uh, I had to get a subscription to the Wall Street Journal <laughs>
0: as part, as of, part as, of your class, as part of one of
2: those classes. <laughs> uh, and and I also, uh, when you when back in the day, at least when you signed up for the Wall Street Journal, they'd give you this little book uh, like introducing the markets. I learned more out of that little book than I did in, like, two years of economics major courses, actually. In Um, terms of real-life applications? Yeah, just just kind of in terms of understanding. Like, um, I I mean, uh, it's easy to sit down at a computer and watch a YouTube video and then, like, monkey see, monkey do. Uh, but at some point you have to go back to the fundamental side of things Mm -hmm. and really understand like what the heck is going on. No, Uh,
1: that's very true. My my first thing that I tell anybody that starts talking about this is figure out what is money.
0: Go back literally,
1: go back and figure out how how you know the plumbing of the financial system and figure out how is money created. Have you guys
0: seen the Money Masters?
1: Yeah, I mean that that's that's something that I think. Kind of pushed us a lot down this rabbit hole of those yeah. sort of videos back in the There's Bill Still, right? Um, those sorts of videos about, you know, how does fractional reserve banking work? And actually, what what is this whole thing all about on the base level? And that that could take a while. I mean, but I think some of those basic things are helpful um, before getting started in the minutiae.
0: The second Zeitgeist movie actually had a pretty good explanation of modern money mechanics. Um, I don't agree with Peter Joseph necessarily on his 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 world but I think we're he covered things very well. I, I don't do you remember that? I don't
1: remember the specific money part of it, but okay. it was all part of my two thousand seven ish
2: financial here. education. Yeah, same here. Um I, I have not seen Money Masters, I have not seen the Zeitgeist movies. And, okay. And 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 you guys frequently quote stuff that I haven't even heard the name of well, also too, I actually love s- that. <laughs> we're from the
0: same generation, so I think like uh, we Jess and I actually saw um, the same documentary first to kind of get us going in this direction, and then there, then then there's different ones. Freedom coming. to Fascism, yeah, by Aaron Russo. I've heard it. Yeah, who no, was I've the,
1: who was a guy that directed or produced Trading Places? He was yeah. a big Hollywood. I never,
2: I've guy. never seen he, that. He died but, of cancer, but I've been in the same room as Aaron Russo. Really, really, yeah. Uh, Libertarian National Convention, oh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh,
0: Damon ran. For secretary of state what year i ran for ohio secretary of state as a libertarian in 2002 hmm.
2: and i predicted that, how'd that oh, go for you <laughs> uh, <laughs> well at, at the ballot box it didn't go so great but uh, as a I, libertarian in general uh, right yes
0: where did you debate in high school no 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 for the for the campaign oh. Did you did you do debates N- uh, no so uh i saw the natural law party somehow got in debates that year but not not the libertarian party
2: Um, yeah, no, the Ken Blackwell, the Ohio secretary of state at the time refused to recognize our party status. So I, uh, I and other libertarian candidates did not make the ballot that year. We sued in court and the judge ruled in our favor like December 3rd or something after the election was over. Uh, that's, that's how they do it. That's how they do it. But
0: you, so you, um, but you were, so you were part of the reason as to why libertarians can actually be on the ballot in the state of Ohio. Like, presently? Yeah. No, no, no. It's got nothing to do with that. It's it's ancient
2: history at this point. Uh, uh, Well, I mean, I I haven't looked at the rules in quite some time, but back in the day, like, your minor party status in Ohio uh,
0: would be affirmed if you got, like,
2: 3% of the vote, I want to say. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, they're not Uh, letting Travis Irvine uh, debate now. And he's actually a pretty interesting guy. Like, I got a live text message from him. It was, like, a live person trying to promote him. Apparently, he does stand-up comedy, too. So I wrote him an email to try to interview him. I don't know, it'd be interesting. But anyways, not to get too too caught up in local Ohio politics. Back to books that we recommend. So do you so, have uh we could put links for Bittube and YouTube for sure. do you have uh do you have uh do you have that on Bittube yet? The What's Money like? Masters? No, I don't That's a good one to add to yeah. Bittube. And uh, to brief thing of BitTube, we're going to start live. I I don't know if I'm going to put this on YouTube. I might, but I don't. I think Jess would rule against it. He does not want to be associated with. Google. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be the one that's having a Google account. Yeah, yeah. So, so but we're going to put it on BitTube and YouTube and BitTube. Jess, real quick, what's
1: BitTube? BitTube's um, they're attempting to make it essentially a decentralized YouTube where you get paid for both. Watching and um uploading videos and having people watch those videos, you get paid in cryptocurrency, and then you could
0: trade that crypto for Bitcoin if you want, or and just hold, idle it. And it's you so earned cool. about you earned about seventeen dollars on three hundred views.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I probably have close to three hundred views now, and I bet yeah, I bet it's yeah, probably about thirty bucks. That's pretty so good. Far I got yeah yeah so. I mean all I've done is upload, you know, some videos that I have over the years that I liked and that's, you know, I didn't I'm not even trying to get views. Like the people that are getting tons of views are the dudes that are uploading like chicks running on the beach with like dubstep in the background. But uh <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's you click on the ones with a couple thousand views and it's just chicks in bikinis running on the beach and then house music
2: playing. So it's for the. I, I wasn't laughing, was true <laughs> You're like those are the ones I've been watching you, you, too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I believed you 100. <laughs> percent I made a note to self to go <laughs> on
1: what I mean? That's to the no, incel, yeah, so those, those, like, those <laughs> are the those, those are the real entrepreneurs <laughs> r- entrepreneurs right there. They're probably making hundreds hundreds of dollars a month in Tube crypto off of those videos. Tube. That's pretty good so for them. Check, check it out, everybody. You know, YouTube and various platforms are. "Quote unquote,"
0: deplatforming many people that are going against the grain. So, but we're gonna try to have. Um, I, I would like us if we mention a documentary or something that we've watched. I'd like us to be able to have it on your BitTube, and then we can put a link for people to watch. Sure, it. sure. It's gonna
2: get paid, y'all. I
0: just opened a, or uploaded a, a new one about finance
1: called "The Princes of the Yen." It's about the Japanese Central Bank and what they did in the eighties and nineties. <clears throat> So Interesting. it's a nice little background around some central bank shenanigans.
0: Yeah, so um I guess capital markets in general, should we cover that? I don't know what I mean, <laughs> the capital what's markets
1: the- in general, that's that's probably the broadest of all. Well, I mean things. like the major
0: ones, like what's going on, so maybe we should talk about banking interest rates are going up. Yeah, that that is um
1: sort of central to what's happening in the markets right now is is the Fed's projection on where and when rates are going to go right now i think um it's about i think they're at two and a half percent or something like that but i think they're wanting to get it potentially their projection over the next year up to about three and a half percent and it's whether or not that actually happens is kind of um going to be what what moves the market i think and what the market right now the market is kind of saying you guys are probably not gonna be able to do as much as many hikes as you want without the market crashing. So um we'll see what happens. But Damon, you have any uh opinions on
2: Yeah the Fed has that. to get the timing right for the market crash uh just in time for the twenty twenty elections so we can get President Grabbin by their weak dollar kicked out of the White House. Oh, that's just that's just an opinion, y'all. I could be wrong we know that Damon's a Trump supporter
1: we are at a very interesting place with the rates at the current time because the 10 year and the um the 30 year both at places where historically would be breaking out from downtrends so what happens with rates in the next i don't know month or two will kind of give us an idea um here's the two year which you can see is coming up against um What would be like a 30 year downtrend. So we'll see what happens if it gets, if the two year gets above like 2.5%. But it could also start selling off here. If we start going into recession and people start piling back into uh, government bonds as a safe haven, then that could
0: keep rates down. So we'll see. So you have the bank prime loan rate, um, that chart up, and that's at 5.25. What is this chart?
1: This is essentially tracks the, the what the Fed does with their raising and lowering of rates because this is the, the prime rate that banks will be offering. So you can see when the Fed was holding rates um, down from, uh, you know, at the end of 20 or – let's see here. This is a monthly. So you can see when the Fed was uh, lowering rates here and then it went back up. I wonder why – I'm surprised. I feel like it should have been the opposite. But anyways – the the bank rate was super low here for the past like five years, because the Fed had been holding rates so low, and so now they're starting to move back up again.
0: And we have the non prime mortgages being given out again. They're not called right. subprime anymore; right. they're called mo- mo- non prime. Not sure if the so, so
1: th- this would be part of the reason why you're seeing um, the, the housing market kind of top out here and crest is because rates are going back up, so demand is decreasing.
2: And do, this, do we want to define what the bank prime rate is? For, yeah, probably for Drew. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, the everyday man. Uh uh, 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 and maybe for Damon. This is this is the intraday. Uh, the prime rate is what banks loan to each other at, correct? i th-
1: I'm, I'm, I, s- I think it's the base rate upon which they all loans loan rates are created, essentially. Okay, so this isn't the
2: intrabank rate. The intrabank rate. No, the, it's not uh,
1: the LIBOR. Gotcha. The Libor is something else. Um, we don't need to get that esoteric. I don't think at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, deal. We can just, I mean, talk about talking about the ten-year bond. Um, the
2: the thirty-year. Prim- oh, yeah. 30-year oh the bond market.
0: We definitely need to cover. The prime rate bond-
2: would be the best rate offered to customers of the bank. Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. So traditionally, most people, when they hear how to invest stocks and bonds, that's what everyone says: stocks and bonds. Uh, Martin Armstrong has been a big critic of a, the bond market right now um, what how do you guys want to what what are your opinions of the bond market what's the bond market
1: well that, <clears throat> the bond market is well it depends if you're talking
0: corporate or
1: sovereign so corporate would be the bonds that corporations sell to raise money for themselves and sovereign sovereigns countries. what countries sell so the u s bond market's the, the biggest most liquid market in the whole world and that's because of oil outside of currency outside of currencies um it's just because we're the us (laughs) and we run a huge freaking deficit and we have to sell a lot of bonds um so right now that's that's sort of the the problem that 's why Trump this week came out and was very critical of Powell, the head of the Fed saying that he they 've been going crazy because they're raising rates too fast because the bond markets the yields are breaking out here. You can see the ten year was up to um three point two seven percent last week, uh-huh. so that 's the highest it's been in about five years now. can
0: Trump fire that guy
1: no
2: they're they're separate. I'm sorry, Jess. Could you say that again? The head of the Federal Reserve Bank does not report to the Commander in Chief of the United States of America. Is that is that could that be correct? As far as I know.
0: But when he steps down, who who appoints?
1: Them? I mean, he's he's appointed by he's appointed by them. But so he's appointed, but he can't be fired, just like a Supreme Court. I, to be honest, justice. I'm not exactly sure, but I. I mean the Federal <laughs> Reserve is not a federal agency. I I mean that should be known. Yeah, it's a private bank. It's 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 a conglomerate of all the biggest banks. If if the when 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 a when the treasury goes to sell say the two two year bonds um this chart here uh they if they don't sell them to say, you know, pensions or Uh, other sovereign governments then a group of banks called the primary dealers are forced to buy them um it's a group of nine banks and you know it's the biggest banks in the country Chase, jp morgan city you know you can look them up but um those are that's who owns the fed
2: just in case anyone overlooked that little minor detail, I, I I do remember an episode of Charlie Rose years ago before it you know before Me Too got to him at least, uh, but that's another topic. Uh, where Alan Greenspan was on Charlie Rose, and Alan Greenspan was asked what's the relationship between the Fed and the president, and Alan Greenspan said something along the lines of you can look it up on YouTube uh, and hopefully BitTube soon uh, <laughs> that uh, Alan Greenspan said something along the lines of we get along great with the president as long as the president understands that we don't report to him. So, yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: Pretty telling quote.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so
1: that's sort of where we're at at the moment with um, these markets. There's there's pretty much two schools of thought as to where the dollar and yields are going. The dollar strengthening is, is pretty much directly related to the yields going up
2: at the moment, What's that's that? a that's a great chart, by
0: the way. Right. Um, uh,
2: can can you make uh, the line?
0: So I thought the dollar was strengthened because the price of oil was going down. The, the, the
1: price of oil is definitely not going down,
0: huh? I thought those two were. Uh, there was like a super cool yeah. relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: There hasn't. What are you saying, Damon?
0: No, uh, um,
2: uh, the way you just maneuvered that line is great. I like it a lot better. Okay, because uh, now you have three points on the line, right? Uh, um, great chart so
1: the, the dollar and oil have um at times have an uh, inverse relation, correlation, yeah, yeah. Inverse but they um have not over the past few months um there's a lot of geopolitical things happening right now We know obviously the tr- the tariffs that are Trump and the, and pretty much the uh, fight with China over tariffs is is moving markets a lot right now China's having to devalue to offset the tariffs so that's causing um, the dollar to go up as part of the deal. Um, but there's pretty there's two schools of thought as to what will happen next. There's the one school of thought that right now the emerging markets are in a massive bear market. They're down about thirty percent on the year. There's becoming very stressful, stressed in India, China. Um, their bond markets are becoming pretty stressed. And about I think seventy percent of emerging market bonds are priced in dollars. So as these as the markets continue to fall it's the um increasing demand on finding dollars to service all this debt and um that's what a lot of people are saying will push the dollar drastically higher as emerging markets fall, but it'll be a temporary um pop and then it would decline from there but the alternative view is that we are currently issuing so much more in debt domestically, like I don't know if you, as I'm following Trump's, um, his bills and all the stuff. How much more debt we've been we've been releasing or um, issuing massive amounts of short-term T-bills and debt in general. More, I mean, our our deficits increasing actually, despite the tariffs. So, and and sovereigns are not buying our bonds anymore at the moment. They stopped buying about a year or two ago almost completely like there's you can look at the charts there's no sovereign buying so only people are buying are domestics pensions um regular people um so the, the idea would be that because we have to issue so much more debt then there's not gonna be enough buyers that's going to we're gonna need to push the dollar down to um to make that more appetizing to the rest of the world to start buying them.
0: So this kind of so, ties into the gold hawks. Like, aren't the gold hawks been saying that there's going to be a domestic dollar? The you know, gold hogs? Hawks, hawks, I guess, or whatever you want to call them. The gold guys. Think the gold is going to go up? They're, they're, the guys trying to sell are saying that. Like, we talked when I first talked to you, I was talking to you about, like, Jim Willie or Jim Lilly, whatever the hell his name is. And then there's another guy that had the same video, and it seems like everybody that's trying to sell you gold. Peter Schiff? Um, I haven't heard Peter Schiff say this yet. But they're saying that they're going to split the dollar into two things. There's going to be a domestic dollar, and then there's going to be like the 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 petrodollar.
1: Yeah, this is um, sort of um, nonsense. It's okay, that's basically I
0: all. Right. I, I, yeah, I've well, heard out of no. I, I, I just want to. I wanted to get that out there again because like Rich had asked me, like, "What do you think of this guy?" I'm like, "I think he's trying to sell you gold." Like that's what I think he's trying to do and i think um and i think there's a lot of people that want to invest in in metals and i think silver seems to be better at this point but i don't, I've never had a desire to invest in gold or silver i so. think i
1: think it's important to hold some physical gold as a hedge yeah against everything else because it is uncorrelated at the end of the day to paper assets so i'm certainly not going to say that you should ignore it but um i'm not I'm not ser- I'm not super bullish on the price in the near term. I, th- I do think the dollar is going. I'm in the camp that the dollar is going to spike higher on emerging market crises, um, and dollar liquidity shortage, which is people. I mean, because we're, the Fed's pulling all this liquidity right now and raising rates, it's decreasing dollar liquidity in the in the global markets. And you have to remember that the global markets are more intertwined and they need these dollars more than ever before because they've issued so much debt in denominated in dollars instead of their own local currencies, So they need dollars and they're, the dollars being pulled out of the system because of the Fed's pulling liquidity. The quantitative tightening is up, is the opposite of quantitative easing. They're, they've been doing that now for a year or so and it's finally really starting to take its toll. And so because there's such this demand for dollars, that's what I think is going to cause a squeeze and dollars going to spike. And you can see this chart. There's a, a clear inverse head and shoulders forming over the past uh, year or so. On the, I mean, I'll, I'll actually take a picture of this chart because it shows some pretty good evidence that once we break out of this big wedge here, this triangle, that, um, and we maybe hit the top of this channel. If we break above that, then I mean, we're gonna go back up to the highs at least at around 104.
0: And that's uh, Martin Armstrong predicted that on uh, Macro Voices too. Yeah, and he there's, a, I mean, there's
1: there's two distinct camps in this, and there's and people are people give very. Um, Good arguments on both sides. One person I would follow that would be give be giving the opposite thesis of this. On um, you can follow him on Twitter. His name is Luke Groman. He's he has a it's pretty bearish the dollar at least in the in the medium to long term. And I th- I think most people are too. But it's a matter of what happens in the meantime. What happens over the next couple of years as um, the Fed continues on their current pace of raising rates and pulling liquidity, and then. You know, if that eventually causes a recession in the US, and then maybe they start lowering again, and then you'll start seeing the more of a secular bear market in the dollar at that point. And then, and you have to take into account the possibility, and you know, the the range of opinions on dollar hegemony is pretty wide, but um, you can't discount that China is trying to force at least some. Global trade away from being centralized around the dollar, and you can can't really blame them for that. So I think, and I think there's a lot of momentum, especially because of Trump and what he's doing to kind of do more bilateral deals and less global deals. Um, people are looking for ways to settle in euro, in yen, in in euro, in yuan. Um, China started a new uh, oil exchange over the summer where you can. Trade in won, and actually, then, if you des- so desire to immediately convert it to the gold, um, and it's it's wasn't that apparent with it, Russia. It has about, um, it's it's. I mean, Russia is probably trading a little bit on it, but it's it's China's contract. It's based out of Hong Kong, and there's the adoption on that has been not not you know overwhelming, but it hasn't been you know non-existent either so we'll see what happens with that those sort of initiatives would be dollar bearish of course long term
2: so the alternative now exists yes uh, at least <laughs> and you know. i
1: don't think and, and especially when we were sanctioning countries like iran and russia that it's just not going to give them any incentive to want to trade with the dollar in fact i think russia came out this past week saying that all they won't settle any of their contracts for any commodities and dollars any longer so only in euro, yuan, mm-hmm. ruble. All
0: right. Some big picture opinions. Do you guys think that's a good thing? I mean, for our lifestyle or for <laughs> the world?
2: <laughs> <laughs> or, for, or for humanity and morality in general? <laughs> I mean, we enjoy
1: a very <clears throat> nice lifestyle because of the status of the dollar. So... Um, any break in the hegemony of the dollar would ultimately be bad for us. It would make things cost a lot more. So,
2: well, regardless of how we feel about it, um, yeah, <laughs> the hand <laughs> the handwriting is on the wall.
1: I mean, it's going to happen whether or not we want it to.
2: Yeah, and if you look at history, uh, empires rise and empires fall, and um, you know, the, 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 there's starting to be some handwriting on the wall that the rest of the world is a little bit. Tired of the American financial imperial cultural system and its effects upon the world. Uh, however, there's not a lot of better alternatives. And um, and you know, if you for for the past several decades, anyone who tries to take the initiative to step out of the American financial system uh, gets visited by the American military. So uh, yeah, there's there's reasons why um, the world hates the dollar. Uh, but but at the same time, they, uh, they they can't really do much else at the moment.
0: Do you think that the dollar getting pulled out by the banks are, is going to force countries to buy bonds eventually?
1: What, rephrase your question?
0: So you said sovereign bonds are going down, and you said dollar liquidity is out. Your
1: emerging market.
0: Okay. Mostly, I mean, <clears throat> um, I mean, you can look at emerging market charts. Um,
1: I can pull them up, but... It, I mean the emerging markets is being crushed this year because of the dollar I mean the, you can see at the beginning of the year the dollar was down to 88 it spiked up to 97 by au- beginning of August I mean that was when emerging markets got crushed because um, all of their bonds are denominated in dollars so they need dollars to service the bonds they can't service them by printing their own currency locally which is you know what we're can do <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so they they need and and because the fed is tightening liquidity by um, reducing their balance sheet then the amount of dollars to fund them is is decreasing as well so that's forcing demand for dollar more and that's why the dollar's been spiking and i think the dollar is going to continue to spike until that problem has been dissolved um namely by Pro, most likely they'll start to issue bonds in different currencies besides the dollar and you know but it's not it's not going to be an overnight process
2: so um in, yeah so, so this whole the last 15 minutes of this conversation is basically the argument uh for holding a little bit of physical gold and or silver uh, or in a safe place where you only you know about bitcoin is also lovely i love it um yeah there's just a lot of uh, uh, fundamental risk that we don't, you know, we're talking about a big transition. Yeah, uh, and, for sure. And, and to get the timing of that right is going to be impossible. Right, uh, even for sophisticated traders <laughs> such as ourselves. Um, so uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I
1: mean, we we are um witnessing something akin to you know the world going off of the pound as the the global reserve currency when the British Empire started to crumble. I mean, and it's not going to happen. You know, within the next year. I mean, unless Trump pushes <laughs> extremely hard, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just but, just guaranteed it's going to happen within a year. <laughs> but but there are there are things being put in place that are that are pushing us then in that direction. So it's only
2: you know prudent to start preparing for that future. And 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 just so the audience is clear, these problems were in place before our current <laughs> president got yeah. elected. Uh, these are yeah, these are
1: decades, centuries in the making.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, well, is there anything else you guys want think, to add? Should I think that do... gets a
1: good overview for the next couple of years. Yeah, that's a, that's a good
2: way to summarize the uh, trading podcast. Don't trade, just buy gold and silver. Yeah, well, that's right in your backyard.
1: I mean, I think as far as the, the specific strategies and things like that for trading, it might be easier to talk individually with us, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but these are just our, our broad opinions about what's important
0: to keep an eye on. Well, cool, guys. Well, this is uh, part of the value for value network inspired by uh, Jess hit me in the mouth with no agenda. So please support the podcast. Become a patron for a dollar. A dollar a month, it's $12 a year. So you can trade podcasts. Maybe we should create a, a, a shit coin for the podcast. I'm just kidding. Let's not. Yeah, let's not do that. Um, check- SEC's cracking down on ICOs right now. No. Oh. <clears throat> so that's uh so let's have um uh so support
2: <laughs> i i'm a patreon supporter of the podcast so, right so much so so yes. so and 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 uh it, you know it, we're we're going to start a shit coin unless
0: you send us a dollar on patreon right now and by <laughs> us and by us i mean <laughs>
2: drew uh, 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 uh.
0: but we are gonna have so watch um, we're gonna have some links on BitTube. so check out those links if you guys are interested um also if uh um yeah, Drew's gonna post some of these images of the charts we've been looking at. Yeah, I'm gonna probably have them all in the show notes. And then uh also um we'll have links for BitTube with different documentaries. And then anything if you guys have questions about anything, please just send an email to Hour at gmail dot com and I will try to get it answered for you. So, no, you know, we, we,
2: we we no, we, we're traders. We
0: will have an answer. We'll have an answer. The
2: answer may actually be useful.
0: And uh and we can even read it on the air or it's not air, on the recording if you would like. And we'll and we'll uh yeah, try we, to answer the question. Sure, why not. So, all right guys, well thank you so much for listening and looking forward to bringing you guys another episode here soon. Thank Later. you. Later.